I'm Brandon Marcello, and you're listening to the AU Wishbone. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight! White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 683. You're listening to the AU Wishbone, almost credible sports discussion on the White Rocket Entertainment Network. Southern Illinois and Eastern Virginia. It's the AU Wishbone Podcast, John. We're back. I'm your host, Van Allen Plexico, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. I'm John Ringer. John, it's it's the day after Christmas, and yet here we are. We're serving the public. It's what we do. I could be playing with my new toys up there, but no, I am down here doing my job. How are you? I'm well. Did you have a good holiday with your family? I did. I was just saying other beforehand that I made the tactical mistake of uh, of eating floor ham and turkey and cheese. I we had a we had a uh, my my daughter brought a a tray and it sat out. I didn't know like twelve hours, and then I ate some of it. So not feeling great today, but uh, that was a tactical error. But other than that, no, good, good. I got a new Auburn golf bag. There's an Auburn thing right there. I was very excited. So I'll look good very out on exciting. the links. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? How did you uh, How did you make out? Uh, very well, very well. Wonderful day with the kids and the family, and uh, it's all good. Uh, what did you do for food this time? We went more traditional uh, for food. We did um, got a honey baked ham oh. and made some sweet potato casserole and dressing and uh, um, stuffed tomatoes. Ah, interesting. So it was all good. Well, we. We had just done all the big turkey and dressing and all, mm-hmm. all that stuff for Thanksgiving. And so I'm like, and it's such a, we, we fry it in the big deep fryers. So I'm like, oh, it's so much work. So this time we just, Amy made lasagna, which is wonderful. She makes great lasagna. But Mira's like, well, I still want my green beans. I make those like four hours, you know, yeah. slow cooking green beans. And so I made those. We had lasagna and green beans it was an odd combination and a salad. You know what? My thing is like whatever makes you feel good. Yeah, that's a good thing to eat at Christmas. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good. Um, well, uh, we've got a number of things to talk about. Nothing huge, but a lot of kind of medium things, stuff going on. Um, and you know, speaking of gifts, I guess a good question to start out with. But what? What? How did? How did Santa all be do serving the tigers this holiday season? What kind of gifts did the Tigers get in their stocking? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the re- uh, the recruits and the transfer portal and coaching stuff. But I, I want to talk about a gift that we got by not doing something. Mm-hmm. And that gift is that we didn't have to play in a bowl game. Oh, Santa Boris is here <laughs> in his little Santa suit. Santa Boris has crashed the studio. All right. So we didn't play in a bowl game. We didn't play in a bowl game. And so... This is, is that the a one good time thing? I can definitively say it's a good thing. Yeah, Albert did not play in a bowl game. Well, the question I had—I mean, I, I want you to expound on that—but the question I had was, 
what would we even run? What who whose offense is it anyway? <laughs> to borrow the you know the TV show. I mean, what? I think it would have been you know the returning players and a lot of the guys who were going pro or whatever moving on might not have played. Yeah, and I think it would have been Cadillac and the holdover coaches coaching. So then we would have been in this awkward place with the new coaching staff and the holdover coaches who were coaching in that game, like uh, Cadillac and Zach Etheridge, would not have had as much time to be out recruiting, which is clearly more important for the future of the program oh, than yeah. playing in some stupid low-end bowl game. Yeah. So, I mean, we'd have been playing New Mexico State or Bowling Green or somebody like that in the Birmingham Bowl or the Cheez-It Bowl or the Weed Eater Bowl or some bowl that is more insulting in some ways than it is. The only thing it accomplishes for you is you get to play another game and you get to say, hey, look, we went to a bowl game again this year. That's pretty much all it really does. Maybe something to do with practice time or whatever, and that's fine. But, but the, the practice time doesn't help because you're right. We didn't have the coaches to install stuff. In yeah. Practice. So what it would you, have been very much just like, what are you practicing? Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna spend the extra time practicing new stuff and then go out there and run old stuff? What's the point of that? I mean, it really is a, really an example of just absolutely no 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 purpose at all. Nothing would have been served in, uh, and because of all those situations and circumstances we're talking about, we probably would have lost. And then we're doing all that just to get another loss. Yes. So and yeah, and then like again we. We would have spent time and energy to lose that game mm-hmm. instead of time and energy to get recruits and transfer. Because you can't do both. Right, yeah. And I also like to just point out, we complained back during the season that they waited too long to, to toss the potato. I'm not sure what the verb for getting rid of a potato is. But to fry the potato, to mash the potato. Do you have the new sound clip? The... I don't remember. Which one was it? Potato. No, I didn't get that. I got a couple of new ones, but I do. I got this one, John. And and talking about what we're doing with recruiting, I'm going to go ahead and play this now because this is something floating around Auburn Twitter for a while. This is kind of describes what we're doing now and and, and how we feel about it. I want you to put the word out there that we back up. Understand me? We back up. There it is. That's what we needed. That's what we need. I plan to play that one a good bit between now and next season. Um, but no, we waited. We kept saying, you know, we, we needed to go ahead and get rid of him, right? Pretty much after Missouri was when the door opened to, to, to boot him out, to pitch him out, right? And um, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. We didn't do it. And we waited all the way until a few days before Mississippi State game. If we had done it earlier, I promise you, we would have won at least one more game, right? If Cadillac Great. had... If, if Cadillac had taken over one, two, three games earlier, we would have won another game. We'd have probably won the Mississippi State game because they took they went to overtime against Mississippi State after like three days of practice. Okay, and so if that had happened, we'd have been six and six, not five and seven. We'd have been in the Cheez It Bowl or the Birmingham Bowl or the Weed Eater Bowl. And we would have had to do everything you just said. It's good we didn't have to do. So on the one hand, I wish we'd gotten. I wish that we'd mashed the potato earlier. Sounds dirty somehow. But on the other hand, on the other hand, it kind of worked out. It did. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what to think exactly. I was angry again. 
Remember, I was angry we didn't do it during the bye week. Yes, yeah. But yet, but yet in, in hindsight, in hindsight, um, I mean, I guess we didn't know that... Tonight's forecast, a freeze is coming. I guess we didn't know, but... This <laughs> does not look happy now. <laughs> well, you can, John, you can beg for mercy from the soundboard, but... I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want me to say freeze anymore, right? I shouldn't. Freeze. Freeze. Ice. Freeze. Ice. Winter. Five. Frozen. Ice. Freeze. Winter. Ice. Ice. Freeze. Winter. Winter. Freeze. Cold. Frosty! <laughs> Frosty! All right, there you go. There you go. All that. All right. All that being said, John, all that being said. I want you to put the word out there that we back up. There we go. So. All right, so I now let's move on to the. I've uh, had my other, fun. I've had my fun. Let's move on. The, pre- the presence under the tree section of the yeah. thing. We'll start out again. They Auburn announced the official hires of some of the coaches um, since Friday. All right, all right, hold on. Time out. That was weird. What was the deal this time with, like, hiring people on, like, November 10th or whatever and then announcing it on on December 21st or something? What, what was going on there? I don't understand. Uh, I... D- I suspect that it has to do with their contracts oh. from other schools and the expiration dates and that kind of thing. Okay. So they needed them to do the work. They just needed to not say it until time, certain yes. time. Yes. So come on down. You're going to be the. You're going to be the offensive line coach. You're going to be the whatever coach. But the only one of them who wasn't working for Auburn before in a serious way before Friday was the linebacker coach who was mm-hmm. the defensive coordinator for Liberty in the bowl game. Right. Yeah. And we still think the receiver coach is coming after a bowl game too, right? We believe so. Yeah. And, and they I played s- their bowl game. So it could be, you know, as early as tomorrow or whatever. That, that was the Missouri guy, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they played the other day. They lost to Wake Forest. I believe we'll talk about that in a little bit briefly, but, uh, I did see he was listed like number twenty-five on the Division One, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it now. Like best recruiters list best, or whatever. Best receiving recruiters, yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Um, okay, so we still don't have a receiver coach, but we might. It might be like a shadow deal that's going to be official as, yeah. as early as tomorrow, Monday, or, or Tuesday, I guess. Uh, what else? Anything else about the coaches? I mean, have we pretty much, pretty much filled we everything ha- out now? Yeah, I think we've had um, introductory comments by the coordinators. Did did I understand that we we hired a special teams coach, but he he's not going to be a field coach or something? What the? Yeah, we got to talk about that. So there's a an basically an analyst, an off the field guy. He yeah. can't be the special teams coach. Like he part of the deal with being a coach is. We're only allowed so many coaches, and they are allowed to spend time like on the field coaching the players and stuff, right during the right. games and during practice and stuff. You can have analysts who can break down film and who can write up notes and all that kind of stuff, but they can't recruit and they can't be the on the field coaches and that kind of thing. Um, so, I 
this other guy is they're talking about him being the special teams coordinator being an analyst so he can draw up the special teams plays and do the scouting of the other team's special teams and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff but he can't like he's Go not supposed to stand him. next to the everybody at Tumwater to line up on the punt right. term practice right that's i've never heard of this before it's weird I, when i saw it i was like really yeah is it just so, that we have too many other on-the-field coaches and there's just not a room for him or something? Or? I mean, they're going to have to designate somebody who is the on-the-field coach to do that job during the game, right? He could right. be up in the booth, right? you know, whatever, but he can't have a headset um, and be calling stuff out. So I don't know. I um, It's weird, um, but it's also like trying to make this other person feel good. It may be that we hired the receivers coach and he's a special teams coordinator. I don't know. <laughs> That would be a first, I think. I get the sense it's because we ended up deciding to keep so many coaches and bring in Liberty people and bring in other people. There's only so many spots. Yes. No, it's true. And, and like, it may be that just the mix of people they picked, there's not somebody with a very strong special teams background. Yeah. So they brought in this guy and said, you're the special teams expert. Right. So after everything was all said and done this past week, we got – it's one of those things where Amazon delivers you a present after Christmas. We got Dylan Wade. It was gigantic. Really yeah. the biggest thing that's happened mm-hmm. um, since, you know, maybe since Freeze was hired. Dylan Wade is a transfer offensive tackle from Tulsa who every single team in the country wanted. And I mean every team, you know. Uh, we've talked before about how offensive linemen in the transfer portal are hard to get and talented, experienced ones are very hard to get. And Wade was that. And so everybody wanted him. He could have gone to any school in America, basically. And he chose to come to Auburn, you know, partially for Montgomery, but also for opportunity. Like he, mm-hmm. you can just write that guy's name down right now. Oh, he is yeah. going to start and be a starter at tackle for Auburn. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, again, we have the one thing on the offensive line coming into this recruiting cycle that, is it speaks louder than anything, and that is guaranteed playing time unless we get 20 guys, which I don't think we are. So, yeah, um, absolutely. So that's just really, really good. I mean, we've gotten more big-time offensive linemen portal and recruit this, this month, this month, than it feels like we've gotten in the last five years combined. It's true. I mean, again, Wade is a – a portal tackle. We have a JUCO tackle and four high school offensive linemen. Yeah, I mean so that's, that's <laughs> we ought to be doing that every year, right? right. But this is the, you know compared to the past years, it's uh, a rich bounty. You know, it's interesting if you look at the position that the that the the majority of our players. I mean, we have like running back, um, quarterback, maybe receiver, tight end. You know. And maybe defensive back or two, whatever. And then every other one is like offensive line, defensive line, offensive line, defensive line, offensive line, defensive line. And I'm just like, man. And I saw an interview with Freeze from a couple of days ago where he said, I believe the SEC is a line conference, right? It is an offensive and defensive line conference. And you have to have the best you can get. To, I don't remember, I'm just paraphrasing, but he basically says you have to have the best that there are to be competitive in this conference. You've got to go out and get the very best offensive and defensive linemen if you're planning to be competitive in the SEC. And and that's what they're doing because we didn't, you know, we the defensive line was was 
pretty good last year, but it was mainly like two or three guys, and and they're gone more or less. So we're you know just like the offensive line, we kind of having to rebuild on both fronts, on both lines from scratch to be yes. to have a chance to win anything next year. And we are. They really are. No, it, it, it's a gigantic difference uh, they made to this point because we would have been, you know, pick whatever the worst year in Auburn history from blinds of scrimmage was. Mm. It would have been that, uh, 98 or whatever. So we, mm. this is a big difference they made in the, to this point, but we got a long way to go. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. All right, so I did see that we actually jumped up even higher now with our um, with our transfer rankings up to 14 than our uh, recruiting rankings, which were around 16, 17, 18, 19, something like that. So just because of that one guy, we jumped all the way up to 14. With I think well, we only I mean, have three, right? We have three, but that throws right, three get, guys, put us to like number 14. We get the tight end, which he again, he was like a top mm-hmm. 30 player. Wade was a you know a top. 10 player that a lot of people wanted. And then McAllister, the defensive end, outside mm-hmm. linebacker guy from Vanderbilt, is a, a solid player, but not in the same level as those two guys. But, again, those are experienced players who could come in and start and make a difference next year at positions we had to have people. Edge is another position where we desperately, just like tackle, mm-hmm. we had to have guys. And so having an experienced guy who played in the SEC matters. You know, it, it strikes me, too, that one thing the transfers do for you, maybe even more than junior college guys do, and, and, and it, this, this didn't used to be as attractive of a thing because it was harder to transfer, but what it does for you now is when you bring in an 18-year-old freshman out of high school, no matter how they've graded out, there's still an 18-year-old kid that's Lord knows what they're going to do. They may drop out. They may never pan out at all. You know, you don't know. But there are other players that are not as highly touted coming out of high school and go off to a Vanderbilt or a Tulsa and prove their determination. They prove their work ethic. They prove their abilities. They improve their abilities, right? And when you bring that person in, you're getting a known commodity. There's not as much rolling the dice as with an 18-year-old freshman. Absolutely. And they have physically grown into their body. A lot of times mm-hmm. the big difference offensive linemen is you just want them to be a couple of years older, more physically mature and stronger. Yeah. And, you know, be in the college weight program and in the training table and stuff. And they've done that. So I think that's a big thing uh, that you But you're right. There's less risk generally. Now, some players are transferring because they're unhappy mm-hmm. and they want to go somewhere else to be made happy. Right. And some players are transferring for opportunity because they have, like you're saying, they went to a smaller school and they want an opportunity to play on the highest levels to show yeah. what they can do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, let's see. We got, uh, in terms of signing day, Keldrick Falk from Florida State and Kay and Lee from Ohio State. Those are two. That's not, that's not flipping, you know, Vanderbilt and Tulsa right there. That's going out and getting dudes that the biggest programs in the country were were all over and thought that they had. So that's really impressive. And and you know positions that everybody wants, you know, defensive end, pass rusher, and a cornerback. Like the, everybody in America needs guys who could play at those positions in Florida State and Ohio State. Turn out good players at those positions. So to to get flips from them for those positions was big, and it helps create. You know, momentum and buzz for Auburn and recruiting. That's a good thing. Auburn was trending, and you know, for recruiting that day, and a lot of people were talking about it. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I was seeing national stories talking about about how well Auburn was doing and always saying, you know. And I mean, the the funniest thing to me, although funny in the way that you kind of want to hit your head up, hit, hit yourself in the head with a hammer to make the pain stop, but funny in a way is how so many Auburn people, I mean, there, you know, God bless them. There were Auburn people that held out to the bitter end saying, "Man, you know, Potato, he just he was so misjudged, and if we had just given him another chance and all that. And when signing day came and went, and these people, again, bless their hearts, these people saw what is possible for somebody that had been there like two weeks, three weeks, and we were doing, they were doing more work in two or three weeks than had been done in two years. And the predominant sentiment I was seeing was, what were they doing? Were they just sitting around with a paddle ball? You know, what were they what were they doing with their time? It sure wasn't recruiting. So, I mean, I don't say that to take more shots at him. I say that to say, look what the potential is that we have, right? You and I have had the conversation, should we be satisfied with being South Carolina, with being Kentucky? Is that our lot in life going forward? And it was starting to feel like it was. And now what we've learned in just the last month is that we don't have to settle for that anymore, that we are an elite program if we actually make the effort. Yes, and, and have a staff who understands the priority and yes. the effort it takes to do this, um, especially from at the head coaching level. Yeah, hallelujah. Um, is Avion Miller another? That was the JUCO offensive lineman. Yeah, again... We talked about Wade a minute ago. Miller, probably the other starting tackle on opening yeah. day. Uh, <laughs> it's just too, too Tall Miller is his nickname. Oh, man. Um, I think he's just guy, right, if you ask me, but that's fine. <laughs> I got a guy. He was committed to Ole Miss when our offensive line coach was there and then decommitted <laughs> when he came to Auburn. And, again, I think, I think that guy is going to end up being the best new hire coach that we've got. I think he's going to be – Great and the best offensive line coach Albert has had in a long time. Is is it wrong that I feel such joy, such elation at the fact that not only did we do awesome, but that we did so much better than Ole Miss? No, I no, just all those offense, all them. those Ole Miss fans that were like, "We're as good as Albert is," you know, like all that crud that was. Out there. <laughs> I I just stick. I just want to stick it to them because. Um, you know, they were like, ha ha, our coach thinks we're better than you and he'd rather be here than there and all that. And I'm just like, I'm so much, every day I'm happier how it worked out. I wasn't sure how to think about it at first. And we've been down that road for a number of reasons. But I, cause again, I told you before, I told you from the very beginning that I was, I was supporting Lane Kiffin when this was all happening, mainly at the end Mainly just because I didn't want to not get him when it was obvious that's who he wanted. Yes. And so once I kind of swallowed that and then looked around, I went, you know, I think we actually kind of dodged a bullet. I think it actually kind of worked out for the best. So I'm happy, man. I'm glad we don't have him. And clearly it didn't work out too well for them in recruiting this year. I know he's the transfer guy and all that, but still, they were like... 40-something last I saw. And losing their offensive line coach hurt them. So. Yeah, it did. Oh, I wonder where he went. Oh, no, no. 
I wonder where he went. <sighs> so, um, what happened with the Tony Mitchell guy? Yeah, this is a, a guy, four or five star cornerback who's from the state of Alabama, who had been visiting Auburn a lot, talking to Auburn's coaches, had been committed to Alabama the whole time. Changed his commitment to Auburn secretly the week of signing day, and then uh, told Auburn's coaches he was committed to Auburn, and, and I believe he genuinely was. Mm. It wasn't a charade. But then uh, signing day, he signed with Alabama. So, you know, and, and the two guys, the two other guys I talked about last week, the two big defensive linemen yeah. Alabama both signed with Alabama. They both so. went to Alabama. How many times in the last 10, 15 years have we seen it play out where the player wants to come to Auburn and at the last minute they switch to Alabama and there's always one of two things, either mama made me or business decision? Mm-hmm. That's, it's always one of those two things, if not both. Or mama wanted me to make this business decision. I don't have a cash register sound here. Ka-ching, ching. But, uh, you know, anyway. So, They're all just yeah, sponsors well. of Dodge now. So Yeah. So uh, We're still looking for a quarterback. Now, let's really quickly recap. We were looking at the Coastal Carolina guy that called us first, but something about his major transferring. You went into all that last time very thoroughly. We'll just say it didn't work out academically-wise. Okay. And it, not because yeah, yeah. he's dumb or something or had bad grades. No, no, it just he could... He could get into Auburn. He could yeah. be the guy, but that he just won't graduate on time. Yeah, he'd be like a sophomore again or something, have to yeah. start over. I Hey, so. graduate school at Emory, <laughs> I learned all about that, man. I, <laughs> I was like, they're like telling me, well, your professors have all left. One was visiting from Germany, and one has gone off to do work for PBS and this, that, and the other. And I'm So you're going to have to start over. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm good, thanks. I'm not going to start over. Um but um, so we're, we're so then there was the there was the guy the um, who was the NC this? State guy NC Leary, State guy. who had never signed with Kentucky okay. and then also like we had a high school commitment from the previous staff at quarterback from Florida they're talking about him as a walk on yeah. maybe and then he signed with like FIU or something and then we Can't signed a guy that had been committed to freeze at Liberty um, so. yes but oh. again that's a long term. Right. developmental thing and not somebody that we're just going to start. Right All right. I want to, I want to touch on those guys real quick. So the, the guy that was from Florida, the sense I got was that freeze and, and company, basically he didn't fit what they wanted to do. Like he did potato, but they said, look, we'll still let you on the team, but you're going to have to be a walk on. He got a chance to go somewhere on scholarship. God bless him. Enjoy. Yes. That's great. And you might hit the transfer portal when, if he turns out to be really good. Yeah. So that's good. Good for him. Um, the, the the guy that we did take that was committed at Liberty, if you look at his numbers, right, I mean, he might – you know who he kind of reminded me of in terms of numbers and everything and then how he was rated? It was like Sean White, a guy that physically was not like burning up the recruiting charts. But when you look at what he actually has accomplished, tough, scrappy – like 60 touchdowns and three interceptions and like two state championships or something. He's one of those like Alabama gets every now and then, right? That all he does is win, 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 you know? Yeah. So I mean, he, he was in an elite private school and they, they beat some big Alabama high schools um, mm-hmm. this year. It's a big Tennessee high schools, but they, you know, it's a different, it's a different deal, but he did it and they won. So, um, and he is accurate to a lot of touchdowns. So again, we don't need a quarterback today, but we need to sign one in every class so we can have some depth and some development. 
and some future guys that could tend. So it's a good thing, you know, that we signed this kid. And and Gurney is still there. He hasn't left. Yes. That's so right. that that tells me that Freeze is like doesn't think he's bad, right? Thinks he's he's worth hanging on to. I mean, or he yeah, and that he and the Holden thinks this staff can develop him too. Yeah. So. Oh, sure. I mean, he he should. It's like Christmas to him. I would think for sure. Um, so oh, and now we're talking to the Oklahoma State quarterback. That's the last the last piece of this puzzle. So that guy's name is Spencer Sanders. He's been there for like four years. He's very up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had some years where it's great and some years where he's not good. And some years where he accuracy was bad, but he was a good runner. Um, so, I, again, an experienced guy. He's played a lot of football in the Big 12. I mean, he's, I don't know, he's probably started 40 games for them or something yeah. like Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think if they think they can – Take him and with his experience, develop him and use him as the kind of the, the guy next year and, and uh, do something with him. I'd be interested to see it, but I've, you know, um, he's been inconsistent in the passing side, is what I've seen out of Spencer Sanders. So I'm interested to see, you know, what Freeze and them could do with him in a different offense. So. Who, all right, let me give you some choices and you tell me who's going to be your starting quarterback in 2023 if these are your choices. You walk in the quarterback room and your job is to say, you, sir, are our starting quarterback for game one next year against, I don't even know, I haven't looked at the schedule. I know we play Cal at some point, that's all I know. All right, so you are the starting quarterback for game one and you got Spencer Sanders and you've got uh, Robbie Ashford and you got Holden Grenier. And you got and this kid we just signed. And and the kid from yeah, the kid that we just signed from wherever. Well, I'm starting Spencer Sanders in this area. I thought right? so, yeah. Yeah. Again, I, he's experienced, he's played in a lot of big games. I mean, these you know, he's played Oklahoma and Texas a lot and stuff. And uh this gives us a chance to do what we talked about with Robbie and develop him and mm-hmm. get him all again. Without all him getting killed. It, without him getting killed, develop him. Right. Get it bigger and stronger and learn the passing game better right. and stuff. Get more reps so that he can be the guy. Let's make that clear. When we say move Robbie Ashford back to backup again, we're not hating on Robbie Ashford. We're loving on Robbie Ashford because if you put him out there and he doesn't hasn't really had a chance to learn what he's doing, and honestly, it's a miracle he made it through last season alive given – the coaching change, the different styles of play he was at. He was asked to do a lot of different stuff, and he was asked to throw his body on the line a bunch. And it's honestly a miracle he didn't get killed. And so what you want is for him to be in a lot more comfortable situation where he can soak up and learn and be the man in the next two years after that. That's the ideal the ideal is that he gets a whole lot of playing time in 2023, but the success of the team every week is not on his shoulders entirely. And then in 24 and 25, maybe it can be the Robbie Ashford show or not. Who knows? We'll see. Or maybe he'll transfer. I don't know. But that's kind of what we're talking about is, is wanting him to be the best he can be without getting what? killed trying to learn it. And again, we've talked a lot about this. He didn't have the reps. He just, right. Because the baseball, the other stuff, just he needs more reps. He does, right. right. Um, but not getting killed by top SEC teams to get him. He needs to work his – yeah. Um, let me see. All right, so where are we now? The big picture, you have a note here. How are we doing in terms of overall recruiting? How are you feeling about all this? Well, this is what I wanted to talk about in this sense. Like, in the big picture, how are we doing 
like on a relative level and then on an absolute level, okay? Mm-hmm. On a relative to Auburn the last three years level, this was great. A Especially given that it all came together in like three weeks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. But it, 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 it especially included that. It was really, really good, okay? But when, again, when I say those words, really, really good, I am talking about relative mm-hmm. to Auburn mm-hmm. and how Auburn was recruiting the last three years. Mm-hmm. On an absolute and, – and again, I would talk – here's some more. Offensive line recruiting, that's the best offensive line recruiting we've had in 10 years or more. And – there's more good players coming in January, February. What our maybe the guy that's going to be the most impactful player hadn't even signed yet, and that's the running back recruit that Carnell identified a couple of years ago. Who's uh, who's committed? Who's going to sign in January with his teammates? Um, you know, at the big signing day of February, what? he's going to have a ceremony with his teammates and then come. Yeah, Cobb. Um, What's his first name? I'm trying to. I can't. Jeremiah Cobb. Okay. Well, he Jeremiah. You are now Jeremiah. Reggie Cobb. <laughs> so we got to get us a web now, John. How, how many times am I going to do that? So Jeremiah <laughs> Cobb again, maybe the best player in the whole class. He's yeah. going to be the next one of the next big impact running backs for Auburn. Mm-hmm. And so and the and they're going to again. We talked about they could sign 35, 40 guys out of this class, and we, you know we don't have that many between the transfers and the signees. You know we have like twenty. You know, so th- there's more to come. We're going to get more players, and all of that is good, right? With the talent level is improving. We're still going to be in the blue chip ratio. The talent level on the team is moving in the right direction. That's, but again, relative. On an absolute level, we lost ground to Alabama and Georgia. Everybody did, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, that's the goal. I mean, just want to be absolutely straightforward, clear. The goal is not to lose ground, right? right? The goal is to gain ground on them and everybody else in the SEC. And to do that, we're going to have to do take what we did last year or, you know, the last couple of weeks and expand on it and build on it in a way that two years from now, you know, we have a top five signing class and everybody in the country is talking about the guys we got. And we got guys that we took away from Georgia and Alabama Mm-hmm. And, and other SEC schools and, and Clemson and whoever else. So that again, this was one of the this was in a little ways a missed opportunity because this is one of the best high school classes in Alabama in a long time, and we got one guy out of the top ten. Yeah. Well, but again, wouldn't have gotten any. So no, no, oh, no. Again, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just talking about in the mm-hmm. big picture. It's just showing where we need to go, and we have to yeah. be honest and say, sure. yes, great, huge improvement. We got it, but the expectation is keep going. This is the floor. It's a good start. The class we just signed in the for going forward. This is the basement. Well, we're back in the game. We're we're in last place, maybe of yes. where we want to be, but we're not. In the pit, we're not in the pit lane anymore. We're actually out on the track now, which is a big improvement. From <laughs> I was going to say, we, the didn't, hoods we up. didn't get, we didn't get, we didn't have the engine breakdown before we, uh, yeah, before we could get through the the uh, practice lap. So that's right, the warm that's up. Right. That's right. Um, I will note, as far as that goes, that there was a. I saw in, in an email that uh, in a, a news update that the there's an Alabama website that will go nameless. They have declared that this was a pitiful Auburn recruiting class, and therefore Hugh Freeze is not as good a recruiter as Gus was. And I'm just sitting here thinking, you're comparing what they were able to do in like three weeks 
to <laughs> to what he did over years and years. And I just, you know, when if if they're that worried about it, I think that is a good sign. If they are so concerned about it that they're like losing sleep and writing articles about what it could possibly be, that's a good sign. You know, it's like uh, one of the guys on the on YouTube said the other day says when Alabama and Georgia pat you on the back and say good job, that's not good. When Alabama and Georgia are nervous, that's what you want if you're Auburn, and they're not happy, so that's good. Um, all right, where are we now? Um, I talked about the the relative overall. and absolute moment yeah. thing. So. Yeah. I, I would point out there's still a sizable, with all this good that we're talking about, I feel the need to point out there's still a sizable proportion of the Auburn family that is not on board with this staff and not on board with how things are right now. And that's fine. That is absolutely their right. And I, and I don't think it's one of those things that is going to change overnight. And I don't even think it's one of those things where they say, well, winning will solve all problems and lifts all the boats because it's not a winning thing. And I understand that. I think that the only answer to getting people on board is just going to be time and consistent behavior and consistent lack of concerns. And if everything just keeps kind of sailing along and all the news is positive, then slowly maybe more and more of our family will get on to the, to the train but, um, or whatever vehicle. We, we used to be a bus, then we were talking about being a train. Are we like a sled now? What, are, what exactly, what vehicle are we now? I don't even know. I don't know. Ice cream truck. It may be. It may be. Yeah. So, well, anyway, that's just. I think that's the only way. Is just. just it's just going to take time, and that's fine. And that's fine. Uh, anything else football related? And we got a couple of basketball things to say. No. Let's go to basketball. Well, we lost that really frustrating game at USC on the first game of our West Coast leg, um, just by a combination of several factors, including several players not playing and and weird refereeing and just a lot of weird stuff happening in that game. And we still almost, you know, we only lost by like three or whatever. Um, we followed that up by going up to Washington, University of Washington up in Seattle, and just knocking the crap out of them. It was like 60-something to 30-something at one point, I remember. So that made me feel better about the situation, that they could go up against a solid team, not a great team, I don't think, but a solid team, and just kind of smack them around like last year's team. Yeah, it was it was close-ish in the first half, and then in the second half, Auburn just put the hammer down on them and ran yeah. away from them, and in and kind of ran them out of their own building. Honestly, I I ended up. I know that Wendell played some. I know he probably still just was coming back. I'm glad he's gotten a little rest over the holiday now. Maybe his ankle will be feeling better. I'm. I feel like our team over the last five six years. We've had more players get injured in collisions under the basket than any team I've ever seen. It just seems like once every month, one of our guys goes down in agony on the floor and is carried off, and sometimes it's bad and sometimes it's not. But, gosh, I just I don't understand it. But, um, but um, it looked like his backup, Trey Donaldson, played pretty well. He did. And, you know, the big, the big guys played really well. Yeah, Jalen Williams and Janai Broom were kind of the stars. They kind of took over, and we talked about them last time, needing to get them the ball more, and we did this time. They got the ball more, they got more shots, and they 
turned it into stuff and it made everything else go. And I love, I love that Bruce at one point yelled at Jalen Williams and said, you are the best player on the court. Play like it. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's been Auburn over the last five, six, seven years when we've had all these good players is that some of our kind of second-line guys that weren't like the superstars, the five stars coming in, they've kind of deferred and taken a step back yes. to the guys like Jabari and you know those kind of guys. But Jalen Williams, he might have been a second-tier guy last year, but now between a combination of graduation and going pro and injuries and just him maturing and getting better, his time has come. He was a guy who was actually better before and then took a step back. Yeah. For Jabari Kessler. That's right. And and now is ha- and so he became a little passive and a little mm. deferring and now he has to, you have to turn yourself back into that guy who's, who asserts himself on the court and yeah. says, "No, I'm the man. I got this." And he played and so well. He has that ability. He yeah. has the ability to be a an all-conference player and make a big difference every time he's out there. I mean, I got to admit, I figured this year's team was going to be led by a combination of Broom, Wendell, KD, you know, either either like the stalwarts that have been around a couple of years and or these new superstar transfers or whatever. I didn't see our existing guys that weren't key players last year kind of becoming the keys, but, but Flanagan and Jalen... And Chris Moore. And Chris Moore. Yes. Those are those are like B level guys from last year at best. And they're stepping up and being the difference makers this year. There were a lot of games last year Chris Moore couldn't get on the floor. He couldn't get minutes. Exactly. Uh, and he's starting yeah. and making a difference and playing well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, He's got the name of two of the greatest Auburn players stuck together, <laughs> right? I remember yes. people saying to me back in the eighties, I really like that that uh I really like that Chris Moore. And I'm like, You mean Chris Morris and Jeff Moore? Oh yeah, there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so he's kinda like Chris Morris and Jeff Moore glued together, maybe, but not not exactly, but that's that's what I always think of. So um well did 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 you, you had a good question about it being on the Pac-12? Did did you get to see it? I didn't. I did not see the game. I watched Again, the, the question, I watched our guys on the on YouTube talking about the game as it was happening. The question is, if a game happens on the Pac-12 and no one sees it, is it real? <laughs> I guess it counts in the record book, but I can't I can't vouch. I watched our I uh, I watched people watching the game. But they could have just been pranking us all. They could have just been sitting there talking about stuff and, you know, making it up. I don't know. But I was going to ask you: Has your beta, <laughs> has your Betamax <laughs> tape from the Pac-12 Network come yet so you can watch it? Because no, uh, no, but the the mail's been a little slow recently. I'll get out there yeah. and check tomorrow. Yeah, so I can put it. In the I, I I screwed the thing on the back of the TV with the with the Phillips head screws. Or actually, I think they were flat screws. And and then I slid the little box. From Channel Three to Pac-12 Network, but it didn't work. It didn't work. Did you go up on the roof and aim, <laughs> put, aim the antenna? Put aluminum foil on the <laughs> on the antenna, but it didn't work. It wouldn't get. It couldn't get all the way from California. You know, the funny thing is, my dad had a hundred foot uh, ham radio tower, 
when I was a kid, I thought that was just the most amazing thing on earth. We had this hundred foot tower in our backyard. I guarantee you, he'd have found. I know it's. I know it's impossible. He'd have found a way to slap some electronic thing up on that tower, and we'd have gotten the Pac-12 network. I guarantee it. I, it might have been illegal. It might have attracted the FAA, or the FCC, <laughs> the or the FAA, or both. <laughs> but attention. But uh, he'd have figured out a way. Um, all right. So coming up, we got Florida. But thank heavens, it's Florida in Auburn because we know what happens in freaking Gainesville with a basketball team every time. That's right. Yeah. I'm looking to see where Florida is in the latest rankings. I think they're in Gainesville. Oh, the number. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know where they are. Um, have they? Are they ranked? Uh, no. My understanding is they have like one big guy, and if we can shut him yeah. down. No, they have the guy they had last year that caused Kessler so much oh, problems in that, that game. Oh, that dude, that oh, really God. annoying guy. Yeah, but no, they, they're not. They're not having a great year again. They're uh, not having a great year so far. They're like seven to five. So good. I wish nothing good on Florida. Believe me. All right, so we got Florida coming into the Peacock on yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday the, night, ESPN two set seven Eastern six. Central. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's not too far away. Good, good, good. I'll be... Uh, why do they always do them when the nights that I do the Babylon 5 podcast? Dang it. <laughs> it's every time. Just, just, just to bother you, man. I know. They got to move it. They got to move the basketball to Thursday or I have to move the podcast to Thursday one. Um, what, are you, what are you thinking about the basketball team right now? We're about to start conference play. It's about to, as the kids say, it's about to get real. What do you think? How are we, how are we looking? Are we a 500 team? Are we better than that? What are we? Again, I think we're a top half SEC team. I think we're an NCAA team. I think this team can play, especially because their defense is so good. We're going to be in every game. Yeah. The question is, can we shoot well enough to win in the games that we're in, right? And I think That's at home it. we can. That's the real it. question, like the past several years, is going to be how do we yeah. shoot on the road? Bingo. Yeah, and that's just it. And if we go 500 on the road and go like 800 at home, then that's how many how many games how many SEC games we play like 18 or something. I don't know. Yeah. So let's say if if it's 18, that's a recipe for about what 12 and six, 13, uh, yes, something like 12 exactly. and six, something like that. Yeah, 13 and five. I don't know. I mean, I'd be good. I'd be happy with that. I don't think this is a team that's going to win the SEC regular season. Um, I think that's going to take them a lot of the season to come together. And really kind of learn to play with each other in, in, in a real simpatico fashion. And um, and so they're the kind of team that maybe could make do better in the tournament than in the regular season. Right. Kind of like 19, yeah. although maybe not with that high end. I mean, you, you need guards that can shoot more accurately than what we have. I love our guards. I love our guys. They're awesome. But they don't have the accuracy of a, of a championship team, I don't think. Yeah. A long way to go. And... Um, you know, I think there's some, you know, I think we, we get a lot of the good teams, SEC, we get home in a way or, or just yeah. at home. And I think we'll be, we'll be good in that sense. Well, I'll just tell you this, looking at our schedule for the first time yesterday, our schedule is very front loaded with easier games, relatively speaking, and back loaded with harder games. And like yes. the, it seems like the, the last six games we play, there's at Kentucky and at Alabama, um, Tennessee at home in Auburn. I mean, it's it's a it the the season mm. we we could go into the last month of the season in really good shape, 
and look like we're falling apart over the last three or four weeks, not because we got worse, but because our opposition gets a lot better and on the road. So I expect us to, I fully expect us to drop in the SEC, you know, win-loss column by the end of the season unless they've really found something. And I hope they do. But I expect yeah. us to be – I expect us to have like three or four losses going into the last month of the season and then get like three or four losses just in the last month of the season in the SEC, which is sad. Yeah, but. I want to talk about what Van was talking about. So the starting, I'm going to start – even the second half of the SEC schedule goes like this. At Tennessee, mm. at, at Texas A&M, mm. Al, Auburn at, in, in uh, Neville – I mean Alabama in Neville Arena – Mm, okay. Uh, Missouri not easy. Neville Arena. Okay, not uh, easy. At Nashville, at Vanderbilt. That's not Again, easy. They're not good, but that's a weird, tough place to play. It is. Ole Miss at home. Yeah. And then the final stretch oh, here at we go. Kentucky. Oh. At Tuscaloosa. Oh. Tennessee at home. Yes. I'm telling you, this could be a very, very good team, and they could end up 0 and 3 those last three games, and like. Three and set three and five, maybe those last eight. I mean, with a very good team, it's it's no knock or insult on them to just say they're playing a murderer's row there at the end, and it's just very backloaded. I almost wish we played those games early and then could close out with the first half of the season. So, all right, well, we'll see how it goes. Um, we got to quickly thank the patrons. Remember, we don't do ads. We depend on you guys and gals out there to keep the lights on in these studios here. And um, also, we try to give you constant entertainment things to do on the side that nobody else gets to do. For example, uh, as soon as I thank the patrons, John's going to give us an update on the bowl pick'em. And uh, Santa Boris is here to be uh, to, to take all of his credit. Oh, by the way, Amy wanted me to point out because I had forgotten, that Boris did not pick the first couple of games uh, just because he wanted uh, to make it fair to all the other lesser competitors in the contest. So, you're welcome, he says. I'm not going to read the full standings right now. We're going to save that for after the patrons, but I'm going to tell you that Boris's burner account's in first place. What? Interesting. I love the fact that Boris's burner account is a thing. I love that. All right. So if you want to be part of all these shenanigans and hijinks, go to www.auwishbone.com, www.auwishbone.com. Click on the big orange button to become a patron. And remember, I thank every patron every episode, and you can put whatever you can fit into the name thing in the name thing. So here are the fine folks keeping our program going. Let me swallow something real quick. That'll help. All right. We have to thank Samuel Salvatore. We have to thank Chris and Clinton Stewart. Boris the Tiger's Burner account. There it is right there. Uh, Carl Von Drunker, Ann Kangian, Bradley Blackman, Daniel Odom, Gary Grant, a.k.a. AU Fan at KSE, Logan Chilton. Hey, there goes Tank Man. Yeah, I'm afraid. There he went, I'm afraid. But good luck in the NFL, Tank. Matthew Flowers, Michael Kirshner, uh, Phil Amthor, who is, of course, the master sommelier at... Joe's Barbecue Foot Massage! Of course. Richard Stevens, Steve Trawick, Susan Trawick, Trombone Tiger, Willie Carden, Basketball Season plus the Basketball Book of Winning Combinations since 2022. John, did you see folks were tweeting out that they got the basketball book and some got the football book for Christmas? 
I did. It was very exciting to see everybody get the basketball book. If you got it, A, yeah. please let us know, and B, please leave a review on Amazon. Yeah, please do leave a review on Amazon. I keep asking that just because the football book has like 16 reviews, all five stars. just makes me so happy that people like it that much. The basketball book only has one review and two ratings so far, so it needs some help to be like – getting into the algorithm and getting more visible. Because here's the thing that always drives me crazy is that the people that know about these books know about them, and they're usually very happy about them. But there's so many people that would love to know about these books, and they just don't know. They have no idea. They've never heard that there's these books out there. So um, that's what I want to do is get people that don't even know a chance to learn about it. And if they want to get it, great. Uh, let's see. We also have to thank Ben Bloodworth, uh, Chris Hilton, <laughs> watching the Pac-12 Network via UHF and tinfoil antenna. Hey, there's a tinfoil on a black and white Mag- Magnavox tube TV mounted behind the, as far as it goes. I had, yes, the Magnavox, man. I'm a, I was a big Magnavox fan. I had a Magnavox Pong game back in the day. The whole game, all it did was boop, boop, boop. Yes, there you go. Sound like an EKG. But it was intense. Oh, hey, it was controlling what was on the TV. We'd never seen that before. It was amazing. And that, of course, quickly gave gave way to tank combat, tank battle, whatever. Oh, the days, man. Uh, Chris Thrash, Clay Henson, Dan Thompson, Earl Ricks, Eric Morgan, Bobby. (laughs) Freeze has more O-line commits in four weeks than Potato had in two years. That's the truth. Freeze warning has a new meaning after John's breakdown of the hire. That's good. Uh, Jacob and Robin Fleming, John Atsuki, Catherine England, Kevin Smith, Logan, Mickey B. No one fights like Gaston. Owl go rhythm and blues. Paul Miles, Phil Davis, Reynolds Wolf, Rich Reimer, Rusty Owen, Sarah Brown. Signing day is fun again. 76 Tiger Esquire. Steve Harlan, Theodore Geary, War Eagle Always, Warhammer 6, WDE Richie, It's Hugh Freeze Time, Wes Atkinson. Uh, let's see. William Morgan, Wilson Beard, uh, whoa, whoa, where did it go? I can't ever find anything. When Carol heard Cadillac is taking over the reins and said, Good. Yeah. Good. Now we're having fun. That's right. We did. Winston Body returning to everything school. Auburn Blue, uh, Blake Heron, Boris the Tiger. There he is. Uh, Brandon Smith, Bubba Jack, Carter Glouse, Colby Butler, Corey Smyre, David Simpson, Dibama, Hugh Anderson, Hugo Slees, and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Peach Bowl. That's <laughs> okay. Josh Teal, Kevin Mahan, uh, Lane Middleton, Luther and Kelly Ottaway, Papa Todd, Patrick Williams, and our one-time and anonymous donors. <laughs> Randall Walker, Rob Morgan, Russell Milling, Sarah Hines, Sasquatch, Shane Bailey, Shannon Butson, Stephen Houston, Tim Pittman, Tony Perry. We want access to College Bowl. Pick them. You got it. About to tell it in just a minute. Weagle87, at the Mad Reaper Pepper Company on Instagram. AJ Herman, Alex Wynn, Ben Amos, Ben Hanshew, Ben Regus, Brian Albanese, Charles Mooney, Chris Como, Chris Braun, Colonel Dad, a.k.a. Ari, Ari Ben Zane. I'm missing my category. That reminds me, by the way, John, we've actually had like 10 people order signed copies of the hardcover of the basketball book uh, just in the last you know two or three weeks. 
and I just want to update them. Only patrons can do that. So if you are a patron and you didn't get a didn't get your signed copy, you still have to pay for the dang thing. But that's because it costs us a lot of money to get them, and then we have to ship them to John, and then to me, and then to you. So it ends up being a, a, a deal, right, and an ordeal. But we we're happy to do it as kind of a bonus to our patrons. Um, we don't make really any money at all off of the hardcovers, but it just takes a while. We're still, in fact, it looks like one of our shipments got lost in the mail, which really sucks because those are expensive books. So anyway, if you're waiting on your signed hardcover, you got to wait a little bit longer. I'm sorry. It's just that the postage is slow and apparently one of our shipments got lost in the mail. So we'll see what happens, but we're on the case. Construction Tiger, Daniel Barnett. Again, if you want that though, go to, go to, go to, uh, you just become a patron and then just send us a message, an email, tweet, whatever, and let us know, and we'll get you hooked up. Daniel Witten, Darren Pyle, and finally, Elizabeth Donald, escort Hugh Freeze elsewhere. Well, we'll see. Um, do I still have it on here? Yeah. we got to get better at celebrating. That's right. We got. I think we're going to have to get better at celebrating the way things are going. Uh, I'll buy this for a dollar, and you did. James Taylor, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht, Jeremiah Schumann, Jim McC- uh, McCrory, Joey Miller, Joseph Idle, JT Jarhead, Justin Bean, Kenneth Brent Rains, The Barbecue. You have failed me for the last time. AKA Auburn Dad for Life. Mark Squire, MVP captivating Kathy Bright. Your love of the half things leaf has clearly slowed your mind. <laughs> Paul Bankson, Royce Alvarez, Russell Souther, Ruth and Darren Sutherland. Spanky is the homeless guy that lives in the unisex bathroom at Joe's Barbecue and Foot Massage. Sports Illustrated's Auburn Elvis, Stephen Thompson, thank you for my basketball book. Well, you're welcome. Hope you enjoy it. Slinko Family, hey, Slinko Family, Tim Sauls, Trevor Johnson. When Freeze wins John over, we can say A miracle in turned to hair! A miracle in turned to hair! You guys miss Georgia State Hate Week 2022. I, I do as many hate weeks as I can do, man. And Brant Rumble, plus our one-time and anonymous donors. We thank you all, and thanks for all the clever uh, names and lines and stuff. Go to www.auwishbone.com. John, I'm going to need a bowl pick update, and so is Boris. <coughs> well, good news for Boris is yep. his burner account is in first place. The bad news for him is that's Parker Neal. And not Boris the Tiger running that. Um, the he is alone in first place at fifteen and three after eighteen games played. Uh, right behind him, one game back is the the Slinko family, and then one game behind that is Go Crazy Carl. It's Christopher Brock, and then a group at tied at twelve and six, uh, and then Van is a couple games back with a big group at ten and eight. With a lot of bowl games coming over the next week, a lot of ground to make up, and Boris is... I'm looking... Keep looking, buddy. Got the eye of the tiger on you. Boris is with back with me. I'm going to say this on the second page of the standing, so I just want to be clear. Long way oh. to go. Oh. Well, he's not happy about that. Well, I get did, it, but he did yeah. handicap himself with like a, he didn't pick the first several ones. So, you know, I noticed tomorrow's bowl games are horrible. Tomorrow's the first day with like multiple games in a while, you know, but they're all bad. But day after tomorrow, and that would be Wednesday, the Wednesday slate is pretty good. It's like they're having all the yes. crappy ones tomorrow on Tuesday, and then Wednesday are some of the really good ones. Yeah, Wednesday starting at 1 p.m. Central, Duke Central, Florida. Arkansas, bad. Kansas, not bad. North Carolina, Oregon, Ole not Miss, bad. Texas Tech. 
Not bad. Yeah, four for four. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. I love that Arkansas and Kansas in the who's Kansas is better, Kansas or Arkansas. That's exciting. Ar- Arkansas or Ur-Kansas. Yeah, that's good. I like it. All right. Jared is on assignment for the next couple of weeks with stuff going on, and he has certainly earned a, a, a little bit of time off. So we're going to go right on ahead and hit up, uh, hit up Mira here. Thank you. Order questions to the Prime Minister. It's time for listener questions. Dun, 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 on the AU Wishbone Podcast. And when she saw our uh, listeners sending in the questions, she said... There they are. Are they not a shame on their country? Are they not a disgrace? There you go. Well, what do we got? All right. As I read this first listener question, I want you to know, listeners, I do this for you. <laughs> the first question's from Danny Flack, and the subject line is Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, and he says, God bless Danny Flack says, I just finished the director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven. Yes. Very captivating, masterful cinematic yes. storytelling. Thanks for the recommendation. Here's another quote for Sambor consideration at about two hours and nine minutes. Reynolds says, I am what I am. Someone has to be. That's right. And he says, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. War Eagle from Danny Flack. Thank you, Danny. All right, a couple of things. Thank you, Danny. I'm glad that you wrote in and appreciate you letting us know. B, I'm glad you watched it and glad you enjoyed it because it is one of the greatest movies of all time uh, in the director's cut, not the theatrical cut. Uh, and that's a good line. I, there's so many, right? I mean, I've currently got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got rid of one. I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> we, got rid- we got rid of one? Yeah, we got. I got rid of one, but we've still got eight. And so, oh um, but I like the one he mentioned. It's where the it's where uh, the big redheaded guy. I can't think of the British actor's name. Uh, it's where he's just attacked a helpless caravan and slaughtered all the people. And then he's standing there with blood all over him, and he says, "I am what I am. Someone has to be." Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, in 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 no particular order. God bless it. So be it. This is true. It occurs. Here, there are no civilized rules. My my brother is possessed by the devil and must be examined. You sit at my table. Someone knows. God knows. There you go. That's what we've got. That's what we've got right now. (sighs) All right. Our other uh, listener question is from Auburn Elvis, who says, uh, Dear John of Am, I recently noticed... I recently noticed that my Auburn t-shirt selection had shifted over the years. In Gus's heyday, my Auburn t-shirt selection was about 60% football and 40% basketball, Hmm. other sports or non-specific sports. Now, it's about 40% basketball, 40% other sports or non-sports specific, and 20% football. What What is the current sport distribution of your current Auburn t-shirt wardrobe? I don't have facts to back this up, but I don't buy a lot of T-shirts anymore. I did until just a few years ago, but what I discovered is that they don't last very long. There's not a lot of time for me to really wear them. I don't really go anywhere wearing T-shirts very often anymore. Um, 
I tend and they don't and they they shrink or they mess up, they fade, whatever. When I tend to kind of save up and get a nice something Auburn every now and then. So I've got like a couple of polo shirts that were fairly expensive. I got some quarter zips, you know, like the long sleeve, like the ones I wear to football games. I've got my hoodie that's the Auburn social media mob, you know, shirt that I love. So none of them, with the exception of, I would say, the, um, the, the basketball hoodie. And everybody's seen that. I put it on Twitter, right? You know what I'm talking about. I have that navy blue hoodie that says, you just lost to Auburn basketball and our social media mob. That's the only, I think that's currently the only Auburn thing I have. No, 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 no. There's that. And then I have the two hoodies. I have the two. Uh, I have a, a a blue Auburn jersey hoodie that says Aubie 01, and I have a white Auburn hoodie where I, I borrowed the idea from Jared, who got one that I put Plexico, and I have my graduation year ninety. But do any of them say football or basketball specifically? Well, the the hoodies. Those two hoodies are football jerseys. Hoodies. Right. And then the basketball one says Auburn basketball. I think those are the only Auburn things I have that are not just Auburn, that they're yeah. specific. I would say, again, taking out the, you know, I have like polos and button downs and stuff that, that just say Auburn and don't say a sport on them. Right. Um, on the I, I do wear T-shirts uh, because they're comfortable and I like them. Um, and... I would say my current Auburn rotation is probably like like a third basketball, a third football, and a third no sport acknowledged. Yeah. This is an interesting question because I hadn't really thought about it, but when he asked, I'm like, you know, I just I haven't bought an Auburn just t shirt and especially one with a particular sport. I have like a like I said, I well, have like a, I, I have a really nice synthetic Auburn T-shirt, but it's just it's just navy blue with the AU in the chest, like an Under Armour thing. That's really nice. But I mean, again, I have like the Peacock T-shirt from the, yeah you know, the, from the basketball last year and stuff. So that kind yeah. of thing. So. I just tend to kind of yeah. like buy the high end stuff and just a few rather than getting a whole bunch of T-shirts these days. It's just kind of how my wardrobe has changed the last few years. Sure. Interesting question though, Auburn Novus. No, and that's it for listener questions. So. All right. Well, um, let's see. The last stop where we're going to go see what's going on around the SEC. Let's take a trip around the SEC. Crush your enemies. See them driven before you. And they hear the lamentation of the women. That's right. That's what we're going to be seeing in the next couple of weeks. So um, we've had Missouri play. And they lost to Wake Forest. Has any other SEC team played so far? Nope. That was it? That's it. Wow. But I think we still got like 10 more to go, right? Yeah. So a lot between here and Saturday. Yeah. There just haven't been very many compelling bowl games so far. It, it seems like, you know, it, it's almost like the bottom half of the seeds in the, SC, in the NCAA tournament every year are teams that are, and here's what I mean. It's like they're teams that win their conference, but their conference is Murray State and Xavier, you know, that kind of thing. And so there's been at least two bowl games already with teams that we beat, and we're not in a bowl. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's, I mean, so we're seeing the equivalent of the NCAA tournament game between George Mason and Murray State because they get in, 
but we're not seeing uh, Auburn, you know. And again, we've talked about why that's a good thing kind of this year, but still, it just it, it just kind of shows how who you play has a whole lot to do with where you end up in the postseason, doesn't it? Go True. figure. So, uh, anything else? We got, like you said, we've got, uh, well, did, did Florida already have their bowl game? I feel like Florida, or did that, is that still coming up? No, you're right. They did. Okay. Did they win? Golly, man. No, they, no, no. Remember that we, we made fun of them. We kicked the field goal last week. Oh, they kicked we made, the field goal. We talked goal. about last time. Uh, we kicked the field goal at the end of the game. We talked about this last week. That's it's all kind of, yeah, it's been so long, man. That's why I didn't remember. It's been over they a were week. so early. Yeah, that was really early. Okay, so. The SEC's 0-2. <laughs> the SEC's 0-2 so far. Not good. Not good. But, uh, but all right. Yeah, well, pick, Like you said, they pick back up Wednesday. Arkansas and, and Ole Miss play Wednesday. Yeah. And then Friday, uh, South Carolina and Tennessee play. And then Saturday, Alabama, Kentucky, and Georgia play. Oh, that Sunday, Orange Bowl. Sunday, uh, LSU, Mississippi State play. The most the most appropriately titled bowl of all time the orange bowl tennessee and clemson that's just going to be be aware your sunglasses to watch that game do not do not adjust your television picture <laughs> yeah you're going to want to you're going to want to adjust your set maybe but uh but do not do it all right you had a little transfer news note here before we wrap up just in the around the sec thing like one of the positions georgia has not been great at the last two or three years has been wide receiver one of the best players in the transfer portal was a wide receiver from Mississippi State named Rob Rod Thomas. Yeah. He was considering Auburn. He committed to Georgia. And one of the other best receivers in the portal was from Missouri. He also committed to Georgia. They are fortifying that position with transfers in addition to the guys they have been signing to make to get night. some difference makers on the field. So yeah. Because you know Georgia really needed some more good players. That's really they a did. tragedy. They did. That's they a were... real it's a real problem. <sighs> That's, Damn shame. That's that is absolutely that is so disapp- disappointing that uh, that they were they were in such need that they were in such state of need that they had to go out and get those last couple of guys there. So, well, um, I sure would be glad when when we get past this whole Alabama Georgia thing where they're both NFL teams and every rest of us are just watching them. It's just annoying. We got to get back to beating Alabama and Georgia, John. That's that's like. That's when I think we'll know things are have have totally turned around as we get back to get back to winning some of those. Um, all right. right, last thoughts for this week, bowl week. Enjoy it because we're gonna turn around. Yep. And bowl games are gonna be gone. They're gonna yeah. be over, and we'll be in the long dark of the off season. And I got some ideas about some interesting things for us to do in the off season, but yeah. I'm trying to Good. savor every bit of college ball we can while it's here because it will be gone and i will miss it yeah i guess we'll have to look at uh we'll have the basketball team of course we'll have formula one coming up in uh in february march somewhere in there i guess march probably but other than that yeah i mean and we did get this weird world cup in the middle of football season which was really strange but it it was enjoyable i'm glad we're never going to do it again lord willing but we got it this year so that was cool so all right we're gonna get out of here uh, the, the last thing I want to leave you with this week is just remember. I want you to put the word out there that we back up. That's right. We back up. All right, John. Our time is up. We thank you for your word, John. Break it, man. Thanks for listening to the AU Wishbone. Find links to everything we do at www.auwishbone.com. For more Auburn fun, join us on Twitter at AU Wishbone and at facebook.com slash AU Wishbone. War Eagle.
The AU Wishbone is produced by Van Allen Plexico and John Ringer. Copyright 2020. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment production. Maddie and her boyfriend brought over like a ham and turkey and cheese tray. Mm-hmm. And we had it at like at 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning. And then um, it kind of disappeared. And about 9 o'clock last night, I'm like, man, I'm hungry. I wish that we still had that ham and turkey and cheese tray that Maddie brought. And Amy's like, oh, it's over there on the floor. So we've been sitting on the floor from like 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> till 5 or 6 at night or 9 or whatever it was. And I ate a bunch of it. Oh, dude. So I, I, as soon as I ate it, I went, you know, I probably should have thought that through more. But by then it was too late. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the AU Wishbone Podcast.